right. Hello, ladies. Hello. So today we are, Kelsey, Camille, and I, we're here to talk about something that everybody has gone through, is going through, or will go through, and that is something called struggle. So every single person goes through struggle in some way, shape, or form in their lives. No one is immune. Certainly the three of us are not immune. And the thing about struggle which is interesting, is it can serve a purpose and it can make you stronger. And sometimes our roadblocks or our setbacks, the valleys, the detours, what have you, right? They give us an opportunity to uh, kind of recreate ourselves. Um, and they show us what we truly can do as human beings, which is, is actually kind of magical when you um, can have growth from the struggle. Other times, uh, the roadblock can become permanent, right? It's a permanent view on your life. And in essence, you kind of, um, in that space of struggle, you kind of give up on maybe fixing the issue because it's, it's too big or you don't know how to fix it or you just don't feel like you're worth it, right? Especially when you're in, and I think you'll hear this um, from Kelsey, Camille, and I, when you're kind of in that space, you kind of don't feel worthy. And so what we decided, the three of us, is we really wanted to help people avoid that kind of struggle um, because that one's a dark one, that one's a hard one to come back from, um, and maybe try and figure out how to use struggles in a maybe a productive way so because the three of us have had our own struggles, our own battles over the last year plus, especially, you know, I think exacerbated by the pandemic, uh, we wanted to come together and share a couple of things. One, you're not alone. Like, we feel you. Two, we want to share what our struggles were. And then three, really, what did we each do to pull ourselves into the light? Um, because I think that's what people look for is give me some tips. And so really this is the first of a three-part series. It's kind of think of it as the gift of struggle. And today's struggle is going to be Camille talking about her struggle um, that she's recently gone through and how she's um, kind of pulled herself into the light. So with that, uh, Kelsey, unless you have anything that you want to add, um, no, I mean, I think you I think you nailed it. I think one of the biggest things is that people just need to know that they're not alone in it. And one of the most powerful things is that uh, when we are brave enough to share this struggle, it really connects us in ways that go so much deeper than you could ever re really know a person when you share a struggle like this. So I hope that all of you guys listening um, really relate to some of this stuff and just, just know that you're not alone. That's just the biggest thing. That's right. That is right. All right. Well, with that, Camille. Yes. Your show. Admit, and especially coming from a place that we're at, you know, we're the hosts of the podcast. We're the ones who are supposed to know it all. And I think that that holds us back from sharing the struggle a lot more. It holds me back from sharing the struggle. But um, I'll give them my, uh, how I got into this. So the how the struggle came about for me. Um, this specific one in particular was I, uh, we all know we all endured a lot of great change when the world shut down on March 17th and it shut down my place of employment and I reconsidered different futures for myself. So I ended up purchasing a home in a different state 
And with the different demographic in the area, I also had to change my career. So I did marketing before I did personal training. And so when personal training was no longer an option in the area I chose to live in, I went back to marketing. There, that, you know, that was hard because it was new information and my brain was very fatigued learning a new industry again. And it's never really just one isolated issue. It's all of it kind of going on all together. Um, but I would, and I would say the hardest part about my new career and living in a new location was that I was struggling. I, I mean, Kelly saw my ugly pieces. I called her in tears um, on occasion, being so overwhelmed and broken down. I went from doing absolutely nothing during my, what I call my millennial retirement, but during my unemployment period um, between before I moved to now I'm waking up before my job, my, my day job. I'm handling clients um, for my other company. I'm working my new day job, learning a lot. I'm pausing on my breaks to take coaching clients. I'm going back to the radio, trying to keep learning. And it's very heavy, intense knowledge on my brain. Coming home to a new home, learning how to operate my new home, um, learning how to start a wood stove, learning that I have to bring the wood in on every Sunday. Otherwise, I have to go out in the middle of the night and haul in wood. And so it went from zero to 100 very quickly. But I didn't allow my, I felt bad about feeling bad. I, because I chose this, I, and it was a good thing. I got a job. I have a new house. Things are well, everyone's healthy. I didn't feel like I had permission to complain about feeling bad because there were other people that were still unemployed. There were other people that don't have any side hustles. You know, I didn't feel like I could feel bad and it took a friend of mine who had experienced much more severe trauma than I ever have to say, Camille, it's okay to feel bad. It's okay to have a problem. It's okay to struggle. Just because your struggle isn't the same magnitude as losing an appendage doesn't mean you're not struggling and doesn't mean you're not okay and that it's okay for you to ask help. Like I felt like just because it wasn't a physical blood injury that I should be able to figure it out on my own because I am so capable and because I've done so many other things in my life, I felt like I should be able to figure this one out too. And I am the first person to action. I'm very action oriented. And I immediately went to my coping strategies to yank myself out of this place. And let me, I guess the place that I was in, the hard place was a state of paralysis of overwhelmed. I have so many things that I could be doing, should be doing, wish I wanted to do, had the energy for, that I absolutely just crippled me and made me cry and sit on a couch and look out a window. And it, it just brought me to that place every time I would try, I would have a moment of free time to do something and I would be too overwhelmed at the options of things that I could do or should be doing that I couldn't do any of it. I would just sit and I would have to let my brain just decompress. And 
that was the place that I was in just complete overwhelm and not allowing myself to feel guilty or not allowing myself to feel bad or to give myself the space to feel my pain and suffering. I did not do that at all. And it's still very hard. My friend is a therapist and I let her poke around in my brain sometimes. And part of her suggested healing was sitting with the ick. And that was my least favorite answer. I was like, give me a journal. I'll take a test. I'll take a questionnaire. I'll go for a run. I'll eat a healthy meal. I'll take a shower. I'll do push-ups. Like, what do you want me to do? I will action solve this problem. I promise. Like, ask me anything. I'm honest. Like, tell me. I need to find out why I'm feeling. I'm getting so taken down to the ground every time I try to do the simplest task. Like, it was to the point where I needed that space for my brain to recover, but I took that space during my quote unquote work day. And that guilt from stepping away from my job to give myself space, that created such an intense amount of guilt in me for not working when I should be working. Even though, by the way, I had been getting raises during this time. I had been getting acknowledged and um, impressed for my work. I had been hitting my goals at work. Um, it was me making myself feel bad about feeling bad. No one at my work was actually coming down on me for misuse of time or anything that I was creating in my head, my dialogue. Um, and I, it, it was a change of pace to be working from on the clock to working on commission is just different. If you hit your goal, you hit your goal, they leave you alone. So that was something that was very challenging for me to handle. And that one resurfaced so many times. Every Monday morning, I would get a wave of anxiety of things I should have done for work. You know, work that's just too intense. There's so many things I should have been doing. I'm behind. Um, And I still don't have a really good answer for how I got myself out of that other than Treat the human body, treat the spiritual body. At the end of the day, we both know that I truly believe that both of those elements can contribute to the chemical, physical state of your brain. So we all know that if you're not an anxious person, if you drink coffee, don't eat food and feel you have high anxiety, you're not an anxious person. That's just a bad recipe. That's just the human body responding to stimulants the way it should. So I want I wanted to make sure that I wasn't just being negligent with my body and then it would make me feel a certain way. I wanted to make sure that I was really addressing, make, giving myself the body best case scenario to be able to make myself feel better and have happy thoughts again and not feel so overwhelmed. It was so perplexing because I can talk to anybody, anybody at any time. And I was making myself physically ill before I would go and talk to a new client because of the story I was telling myself about what role that I was playing. It wasn't a good dialogue. I had to completely rewrite that narrative and change the way that I'm approaching these clients to make myself feel better about it. I'm doing the same thing. I go in there and I say the same thing, but I had to rewrite the story I tell myself about the work that I'm doing and that I'm helping people. I needed to realign my work with my core values 
And that happened in a vocabulary change for me. Like, and just ex- the way that I explain to people the work that I do, that way that I explain it shifted into a positive light. Um, because vocabulary does matter. Um, yeah, I feel like I just gave you my life story in four minutes. But what holes am I missing? Like, wh- or that's just me being so raw and just showing everybody all my ugly pieces. I'm supposed to be this person that has their stuff together. I know better. I know that I have to listen to podcasts and I know that I have to move my body to feel good. And to get all of those wheels moving in motion at the same time took so much more time than I thought. I, I Every day was a new iteration and it felt like one hub of the wheel just kept falling off. Not having the right wardrobe for my workday really impacted my day. If I didn't look like put together, I didn't feel like I could go see clients and then vice versa for with my training clothes. So not setting my clothes up before that was something I never had to consider what clothes to wear at what time and, you know, what order I had to get them out for the week and meal prepping my food. I used to grocery shop on a different day because I lived in a different town and I had a different work schedule. So like it took us like six weeks to try to figure out the right day of the week to go grocery shopping consistently because our schedule was so changing. So it was like so much moving parts all at the same time and just felt like there was constantly one wheel was off the bus. I could, I never felt like I had it together for pretty much the whole first year. I'm just now starting to feel like I have my crap together and it it's in moments it's, it comes and goes. Um, and I think that was the hardest part too, of it all. There wasn't a period where I was hung up and not doing anything. I hadn't fallen into a, a technical depression because I was still getting the things done that needed to get done. But yeah, there were days, more than 10 days I would go without washing my hair. And that's a pretty big sign of not taking care of yourself is, you know, can lead into more depressive episodes. And I looked fine on the surface. And I don't think you could go back on social media and try to find that time in my life when I felt like that, because I hit it. I actually had someone message me and say, hey, I love seeing you rock and have your stuff together. You're a rock star. You're doing awesome. I'm so happy to see that. And my jaw literally dropped because I was so perplexed at how she felt that. I was like, what am I portraying to the world? Because I feel like I am broken and unsuccessful. And I was like, what are what channel are they watching? Because it's not the one I'm living in. And I went back on my Instagram and actually looked and I was like, oh, no wonder I look like I have my crap together. Looks like I'm foam rolling, eating healthy, cleaning my house. Because the only time I would go to do those or I would do those things, I would make sure to take a picture of it and post it. So that was hard because I felt like no one knew that I was struggling because I didn't tell anybody. I only told the people that were the nearest and dearest and that see all my ugly pieces. And I called them when it was too late, when I was in the thick of it. And there was nothing I could do to help me. It wasn't like a tactical problem. 
to be solved. I mean, the routine definitely was. And that took me so much longer to nail down my routine. When I cook my food for the week, when I pack my bags, when we go grocery shopping, like that, I was so shocked at how much effort had to go into getting those things back to just happening. Even my workout routine. I still don't work out at the same time every day. That's crazy. It's been almost a year and I still don't have this time that I work out. It's been slowly. I have to add in one piece at a time, like get my damage control down and then kind of move out from there. It was like, just make sure you're fed and not breaking down in front of people. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so I basically how I those are that's the ugly place that I was in. I got there from not giving myself permission to feel bad. Uh, which is my least favorite and getting through it. Sometimes the hardest parts that resurfaced, I had to sit with it. And that was the most uncomfortable thing. I literally like sat on the couch and was like, okay, you feel like this. What is it? What do you get? You know, like either accept it, make peace with it, or try to rearrange some vocabulary so that you can move past this. Clearly it's still, very sensitive or, you know, it's a tender wound. Um, and every day I would just try to try again. I, you treat the human body and you treat the physical body, or I'm sorry, not the human body. You treat the physical body and the spiritual body. And if all else fails, plan for tomorrow to be a better day and give yourself grace and go to bed. Like there's the key element, make plan for tomorrow to be a better day. Because I do think that succeeding today starts with planning yesterday. So you need to plan for the future to be better than it was today. Even if you only improve that one area and remembering that the goal is not to never fall down again. The goal is to recognize you falling and implement your systems to get you back in the game. It always feels Like once you get out of that place, because getting out of that valley feels like the hardest part, but it's not. Getting out of the valley and thinking you'll never go back again, that's the hardest part. Because you you can't think like that, but that's all your body wants to do is it wants to protect you from having to go back to that place again. And you're never going to be immune from having a bad day. Bad days are going to happen. Your loved ones are going to be impacted and it's going to affect you emotionally and you're going to need to create space for that. So the goal shouldn't be to not fall down. It's how do we stand up faster next time? Or how do we recognize it's happening so we can ask for the right help in the right places? Okay, any commentary? Oh yeah, I, I, you know, you know Kelsey and I have commentary. Real quickly, too, I wanted to make sure everybody knew that not only did Camille move, but she moved to a completely different state, right? So it's not like you just moved across town and you're still familiar with the area, right? Like, that also is huge. I think that's huge, a huge part of the journey. Yeah, I went from a metropolitan area to a very rural town of hundreds, don't have Wi-Fi, like backwoods kind of an area. And that mentality, that was so hard. Growth mentality was not welcomed. It is not the way it works. Minneapolis is a innovation cultivation incubator. 
the UP likes the way the UP has been doing things their whole life. That was hard. <laughs> okay. So I'll ask a quick question, and then Kelsey will give it over to you. Um, just one of the things that you said um, is, you know, you're sitting in the ick, right? Sit with the ick, which I totally get with. I totally understand. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you, because we are all go-getters, right? Mm-hmm. And we all, like, have timelines. We have schedules. How do you... And how frustrating is it to sit in the ick every day and to be like, when is this going to go away? I want a timeline. Like, I want to know when this is going to end, right? And you don't. Like, how did you become okay, or maybe you didn't become okay, of just living day to day to day of being like, nope, nope, still got the ick. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, how do you, how did you get through that? That's an excellent question. And I just talked about it today, actually. And... What it comes down to is, right, I have no problem giving myself the love and grace that I deserve for the rest of the day. But day after day after day after day, I'm like, okay, we got to get over it. We got to just pretend. We have to just put on a face and fake it till you make it. I'm done sitting with it. I have to move forward now. And that's what it got. It, It lasted the amount of time that I could tolerate giving myself grace. Until that anxious voice would take over and say, you have to do things now. You have to go back to life. It, I tried. I think the problem was because I gave myself so much space, I felt guilty about giving myself that space for what I needed. And I, the other thing that helped me was not, I'm not trying to get back to how I used to be. That's foolish. You are getting to this new version of who you are. And the fact of the matter is, whatever trauma you went through that's leaving you in this uncomfortable place, you might never be able to go back to how you were. And that's okay. But you have to make peace with where you're at now. So I've had to accept that my productivity levels will not go back to where they were because I value different things now. Productivity is not my only measure of success now because I moved to the middle of the woods so that I can go sit in the trees and not be productive. And that's hard and I'm not used to it. And my brain, I wired so very tightly to be dopamine booster after a to-do list checked off. And it's hardwired. I did a really good job rewiring it when I did my go, go, go push. And it is hard to accept that I'm not, maybe someday I'll turn on that boss mode again but I've had to let that dream set sail to not hold that guilt over my head of being able to feel like I can return to that place. I feel some, some most days like my energy levels are subpar where they used to be, but I refuse to hold myself to a standard of a previous version of myself. I know that I've grown in other ways and that something's got to give, you know, like you can't hold on to everything. Some things have to die. And that was also a part of my healing was allowing myself to grieve the loss of my previous life. That was something I hadn't even considered because I chose to make this new life. I chose to buy a house. I chose to live in a new city. So I felt like I shouldn't be able to complain about any of those things. But they were hard. And just because I picked it, doesn't mean they couldn't be hard. 
I don't know. That, yeah. That was hard. Good. Girls. Okay, so I have a lot written down, but maybe I know. I'm like, what do I talk about first? Um, But I do want to, because, like, this is still, I've known Camille for several years now, and we have had several great conversations about struggles as we've evolved throughout our time. And one of the things that has stuck with me still to this day and helps me, you know exactly what Mm -hmm. I'm going to say, and helps me to be able to move through struggle. And you mentioned it as you were talking. I just want you to paint that picture that you paint for me and so many other people about life in general and how it helps us to be able to get through things like struggle and get through the valleys and stuff. Light. I nailed it when I was 19 years old. I wrote a blog post called Life is Like a Sign Function, specifically starting at zero and going above that balance center line that we try so dearly to hold on to. We fight as humans, and our ego, I think, is tied into a lot of that, but we fight like hell to maintain some level of consistency. However, Everything that we do in our life is so cyclical and has so many seasonalities to it. So when one area of our life appears to be going down and having that downturn, that ebb, I'd be willing to bet there's another area that's flowing more. And you can fight to try to pull up that ebb or you can look for that flow and try to find that flow. And whether that flow is you're practicing giving yourself grace you know, and and you're working on that skill. That's something to be um, improved on. But it's not trying to yank yourself up by the bootstraps and try to fight to keep that back to zero, even Steven. Allow yourself to ride that ride. Your life is like a sign function. You're going to have ups. You're going to have downs. The downs make the ups so sweet. We all live in the Midwest. We know that's so true with our weather. Summer days are so much sweeter knowing that winter is coming and that this isn't what we get every single day. Every beautiful day is a gift because we know that there are days where it sucks and your brain has to experience those changes too. If you only ever get the good, your brain is going to desensitize you to that as well. And it's, I think, is going to start to make your life a living hell. If you don't have anything that you're struggling with, your brain is going to find something to struggle with because it's designed to keep you safe. And there's a lot of hard wiring that your brain has that is designed to keep you safe, but it's not super applicable in today's day and age. But if you can just lean, uh, recognize that life has seasonalities and that life has change and we're always on a moving target and let go of trying to fight to maintain Even with our body weight, it fluctuates. We want to wake up every day and be at 140. We don't want to see a 142. 138 would be great, and then it comes back to 142 and we're upset. Why are we upset? We should be just learning. It's the same with our, our, our stage of life. We're so upset when we're through that ick, but we know it's going to pass. We know that it's going to eventually not be the biggest thing in your life. It's not going to be the biggest thing taking up your brain's dashboard. It always feels like it is, but it does. Time goes on. It keeps moving through. It's that life is a sign function. Don't fight that pattern. Know that it's there. 
and try to lean into it. If something falls, try to grab something else that's that might be on the upturn that you didn't expect that you weren't looking for. Um, being open to those possibilities always helps to be painfully optimistic. <laughs> Yeah, and I want to tie that into too, because you mentioned too that, you know, even though you knew what to do, right, you knew exactly what to do and how you could get through it, like it still didn't make it not hard, mm -hmm. right? And so like, you know, for everybody else out there, it, even if you do recognize that, okay, I'm in a valley and eventually it's going to come back up, that doesn't make it any easier to get through it. I mean, even if you recognize that, and hopefully everybody does get to a point where they do recognize and accept it, it doesn't make walking through those valleys any easier. So I just love that. I'm so glad that you shared that with us. And those valleys, like going back to what Kelly was saying, how long do you know that that valley is going to be in? And it always feels like forever, like you're just there now. And I do think to some extent, when you do accept where you're at, then you start to move through it. If you keep resisting it, it's going to keep showing up that, no, 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 you don't have this right. We're here now. It feels like once I finally accept where I'm at, then I can start to move through it, move past it, and look for the next season of trying to get you know motivated and educated. Um, another thing that helped, too, with all of this change and all of these people having demands on me all of these people felt that their thing should be number one for me. But at the end of the day, I have to be number one for me to be able to show up and work for each of them. And I wasn't making the time to do things that fuel my fire, that get me talking fast and excited and like fire me up again. I wasn't making the time to do any of those things. And so I felt so empty because everyone needed something from me. No one was pouring into me. I needed to pour into myself. You can't expect your partner to pick you up when they got their own shit going on. Sean ha also lived in a new place and had a new career. You know what I mean? Like, so we both were struggling through it, trying to lean on each other in our partnership. But at the end of the day, we had to do what was going to give us the energy back. And that's something I do with a lot of my clients. That's actually, it's a really hard thing to do, especially for mothers is to write a list of things that you do that give you energy. Um, a, a, like I said, I see it in a lot of mothers that care for other people. They don't know what brings them energy. They just know how to take care of the people in their life. Um, and it's really sad to not have something that's near and dear to your heart. Because at the end of the day, it's our uniqueness that makes us special. And that, you know, that's our, that's our bread and butter. That's what makes us unique is our you-ness. And another thing on that, and then I'll go back. Your you-ness is a moving target. It's so hard to figure out who that version of you is. With all of this change, I experienced a drastic identity crisis. I went from being the professional. People came to me. They trusted me. And they asked for my opinions and advice. To now, I'm at the bottom of a totem pole in a new environment in something I've never done before. And I felt like such a failure. I made mistake after mistake after mistake. I wasn't feeling confident in myself as a person at work. And then in my own life, I just felt so unconfident with who I am. And confidence is a part of my identity. I enjoy being good at the things that I do. And so it took, okay, go back and spread more of what you're good at, you know, lean in, lean into the things that build your confidence 
uh, of doing, you know, the little things like having my nails painted, like still makes me feel like I have more myself put together. And it's such a small thing, but it's all the little things that add up that go together that have really helped me. Okay. Calm down. I'm sure I went off track. Well, and we have just a couple minutes left. And so I know we can continue asking questions and, and going on. But I think um, one of the things, Kelsey, I wanted to get your, as we both listened to Camille, maybe what are a couple of things that really resonated with you um, that were your, maybe some takeaways out of what Camille talked about? Um, yeah. So, I mean, uh, just a couple of the other notes that I wrote down. Um, so in the very, very beginning, when you were talking about how like everything kind of hit you all at once I think that's so important for us to recognize that struggle usually comes in a storm right like it doesn't come one little piece at a time where it feels like we can handle it all it comes in a huge storm and that's just how life works and we kind of just have to accept it and move past it um so that was a big thing and then um you mentioned too that you recognize self-induced struggle I think it's important for us to recognize that Maybe sometimes in life it's stuff that we can't control, but some of it we can control. And we need to recognize that um, we can sometimes make our struggles worse than what they need to be just based off of our mentality and how we're approaching it and filtering it through our heads. Um, and so that's just something where you kind of got to be honest with yourself. And, and that was awesome, Camille, that you were able to really dig into that and be honest with yourself. It um, took Sean recognizing that. Yeah. It, Sean had to verbally affirm me multiple times throughout this process that I am doing enough. I am like, he had to really reinforce that because again, I was making myself, I just painted a bad story. And I did that during quarantine too. I felt that I wasted that time and I felt like I just wasted it away. And I went back and looked and I had produced way more than I thought I did. But it was that feeling. I felt like I didn't use it well. And that was the same thing. I was making, I was doing it again. I was making myself crazy. And it was me, not anyone else, you know? Okay. Yeah, no, I totally get it. Um, and then one, well, and the the talking to yourself piece, I mean, I'm such a believer in like mentally talking to yourself or even verbally talking to yourself. And, and what does that dialogue look like? Is it positive? Is it negative? Um, that's a huge impact. And then one more point um, about the social media, you touched on the social media, and this is such a huge thing, especially nowadays because there are so many people that just put their best face on on social media um, and it's very very rare that you get to see the dark ugly side and so while you're scrolling through social media just be very cautious of that because we all three of us are guilty of that as well of just putting on our best face and um, and not really really showing you what's going on underneath and so just keep that in mind that you can't compare yourself on to somebody else's social media profile because just like Camille just told us, there's a totally different thing going on in the background that looks identical to your struggle, right? So those um, are my takeaways. On the social media piece, I had this talk with a young female a uh, day ago and it's not that scrolling through your phone, you're seeing these women in your our lives and saying, oh, I wish I had that. I'm That's never my issue. And social media negatively affects my brain space, not because I'm angry at what I'm seeing while I'm scrolling, but it's that my subconscious is sizing me up 
to what they're doing and my subconscious is drawn to one up them because of your ego and other things and just wanting to be fit in and be socially part, you know, part of the community. So subconsciously, you're telling your brain what it needs to do to be a part of this community. You're because our social communities are online now. And when you're looking at other people's highlight reel, it's not the anger feelings you feel bad about yourself. I never feel bad about the way I look, but my subconscious is telling me that I need a new pair of TikTok leggings. And subconsciously, I feel like I need that. So it was a lot of just making sure that what you're putting into your brain space is going to be quality, positive content that can control your inner dialogue, that's contributing to it in a positive way. I find that when I avoid putting my podcasts in my daily routine, my brain space gets a lot more foggy and it gets a lot more icky to be in. Um, And I do want to share that I am in the personal development space and my personal self-talk, my personal dialogue gets icky guys. It's sad. And I wouldn't want to talk to myself the way that I talk to myself. You know, I wouldn't want to talk to my friends the way that I talk to myself. And it's our brain trying to keep us safe, keep it in there. And thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate the time um, that you guys took to read this. I hope that sharing my story lets you know that you're not alone, that struggle is okay. It's okay to have these emotions And there's a lot of different ways to healthily process them and to package it up in a different way that can be healthy and give yourself grace as you're going through this change in life um, or, you know, going through any sort of struggle. So thank you again. And I look forward to the next one.